Hey. hey. You're listening to Avid Research. Avid Research. Avid Research. An Australian STEM podcast. Where we answer the questions you never quite got around to asking. Hey, thanks for tuning in again. And today we're doing a bit of a different episode. We're doing the who, what, where, when, why and how of Avid Research. It's occurred to me that some of you quite possibly have no idea what this whole project's about. And so I thought I'd better explain myself. Why is this whole thing happening? Who's doing it? Who am I? Etc. We're going to do it in my favourite storytelling format, the who, what, where, when, why, how, because it's my favourite and I feel like it's the best way to cover all the angles of a story and make sure people understand all of everything that's going on. So we're going to start with one of the possibly the key questions. Who? Who on earth are you, Amelia? And why have you... Why are you the right person to be creating this podcast? So Avid Research is a podcast created entirely by myself. I have a lot of moral support from a whole lot of people, which shouldn't be undervalued, but ultimately it's all done by me. So who am I? I'm a web developer, so front-end web developer who has worked as a STEM educator. So I'm a trained teacher in Victoria, Australia. I've also worked as a park ranger and I've spent a long, long time at university over the years. I'm not going to count how many years I've spent at university, but I have about four degrees. They cover geography, geographic information systems, polar and Antarctic sciences, and obviously teaching as well. Since I was a little kid, I've always loved science. I've always been one of those science nerds, and I was incredibly lucky to never be told to stop asking questions. It was only when I was about 18 that someone pointed out that I ask a lot of questions, by which time the damage was done, and I probably wasn't going to stop asking questions. To me, that's pretty much the superpower that I have, is being able to ask questions and giving myself permission to ask questions as well. I've always been fascinated by the world around me. Things like why do pancakes have bubbles was one of my early curiosities. And I was very lucky to be encouraged to work out the answer by myself and not just be told, oh, because, or even just be told the answer, but to actually work through finding the answer for myself. The same thing happened with flight. I was fascinated with how planes fly. I'm still pretty fascinated with how planes fly. And I was encouraged to to think through why wings are the shape they are, that sort of stuff. I genuinely believe that an interest in science, technology, engineering and maths, also known as STEM, is kind of innate in everybody, that we're all naturally curious. We all are just kind of like, huh, the world around us is kind of cool. And I think that should be fostered and can be fostered in a whole lot of different ways. Basically, questioning, curiosity, they should all be encouraged. So the guests that I have on this show, at the moment, they're largely people who are part of my STEM network, and I'm gradually starting to to branch out further than that. But they're all different kinds of people with different experiences, but they're all curious about the world. They're all kind of interested in all sorts of different things. And the important thing is they're also all experts in their own way. And I love sharing that expertise with a wider variety of people. I've also found that all these people have like amazing little nuggets of wisdom and they should definitely get out more. Like they should be better known. So ultimately, Avid Research is my passion project. It's something that I've been wanting to work on for... Well, I've been wanting to launch a podcast for about eight years now, and it was finally now that I've managed to make it happen. It's my opportunity to share some of the cool stories that I've 
gathered over the years to share some of the cool stories that some of my colleagues have gathered over the years as well. And basically it's an excuse for me to talk to awesome people about awesome things and then share that conversation with other people. So all up, it's a really fun project. Thanks so much for joining us. So that's the who, who am I? I'm a slightly overeducated STEM enthusiast who's currently working as a web developer and on the side, a bit of a science communicator. So what is Avid Research? It's obviously a podcast. I'm experimenting with some little animation stories as well. And it's what's called a passion project. So basically that means it's all just powered by my enthusiasm. There's no sponsorship. There's no corporation behind it. There's no university behind it, anything like that. It's all just done off my own back. So broadly speaking, it's a podcast with my attempt at various social media engagements as well. I like to think that it's kind of powered by Earl Grey tea, which is my favorite kind of tea, and a bit of banana bread or cookies or whatever I bake during the week. Basically, it's me asking questions, interviewing people. So it's a little bit about careers. It's a little bit about cool stories. It's just trying to show how STEM is integrated into the world around us. It's not just like a subject at school. It's actually just basically a way of asking questions about the world around us. I also want it to be a way of us looking behind the scenes of the world and seeing what's actually going on. What is it actually like to have a STEM career? What is it actually like to be on a boat taking scientific measurements? What is it like to be that person on a film set making sure data is accurate? All that sort of thing. So this is a little bit of your window into some other careers, some other worlds, and yeah, basically just a way of hopefully increasing everyone's knowledge just a teeny tiny little bit. So where is this podcast created? It's created in Victoria, Australia, hence my accent. It's created on the lands of the Boonwurrung and Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Interviewees come from all over. At the moment, I'm trying to focus in on Australians. I want to hear more Australian accents. That was actually a big part of why I created this podcast, just because I feel like there's a heavy focus on American accents out there, and I kind of wanted to hear some more Australian ones telling Australian STEM stories. I also want to focus in on people who might not otherwise have a platform, right? So we often see interviews with CEOs and like high-level professors all that sort of thing and they've all got platforms that I want to give platform I want to give a platform to people who aren't that far developed in their career or just maybe aren't that sort of high profile when when can you expect to hear your amazing next podcast at the moment I'm shooting for every Friday so one podcast a week I don't really have a time like some of the podcasts are about 14 minutes some of them go up to close to an hour just depends how long the story takes to tell at the moment so at the moment is September 2020 it's taking about six to eight hours for each podcast to be produced so one a week is about sustainable it's kind of pushing it I'm hoping to be able to keep up that cadence. We'll see how it goes. It might end up, it might end up getting pushed out to two a week. Ha, <laughs> you wish. It might end up getting pushed out to one every two weeks, but we'll, we'll see. At the moment, looking at making a little animation to go with some of the episodes, they're probably going to come out max one a month because that obviously takes a lot of different kinds of skills to pull together. That said, time-wise, I'd be interested in hearing from you guys. How often is it worth putting out the podcast? Are you keeping up with one a week? Is it too many? That sort of thing. Bearing in mind, I definitely can't produce more. <laughs> So why? I feel like I've kind of touched on the why have I created Avid Research, but just for a little bit further detail. So I've wanted to do this for about eight years. And like many people 
who have ideas. It's sometimes you get in your own way and it's only in the last couple of months that I've managed to get out of my own way to be able to do this. I wanted to do it to tell stories and just share some of the cool stuff that happens in the world. There's some really awesome things and, you know, more and more we're seeing awesome stuff is not on the news and I'd like to see some more awesome normal stories that normal people are doing coming out. So it's finally in 2020 that all the things have come together for me to actually be able to do this, which is kind of ironic. But honestly, for me, part of part of the benefit of the pandemic was feeling like I really needed to create things. And this podcast was one of those things that I felt like I could create. And finally, I had the right skills to be able to create it. It also, like I mentioned earlier, I want to hear more Australian accents on podcasts. I want to hear more Australians talking about their awesome STEM careers. We've got really cool stuff happening here. You don't have to go overseas to make awesome things happen and I think that should be celebrated. By the reason I'm also focusing in on careers is I feel like it's really hard to work out what on earth a job actually is, right? Like at school you're told there's going to be lots and lots of jobs in STEM, right? STEM is super broad. That is not helpful. <laughs> um, I get I get why they say that sort of thing, but there's not heaps of jobs in every form of STEM. There's specific areas which are experiencing high growth and every STEM job is not the same. So like, it's not like you can just learn one skill and you'll be able to employ it in any part of STEM. Like, I wanted to demystify what STEM people do. And honestly, a lot of it is answering emails. I feel like that's quite a common thing across all jobs. A lot of it is being able to communicate. There's definitely core skills that are transferable and that's coming out more and more, which is really, really good to, to see. But when we see jobs advertised like project officer, that's an incredibly vague title. There's a huge number of jobs out there with the title of project officer. They're all a little bit different. Some of them are massively different. And it's really hard to tell from a job description what people actually do every day. As a result, I wanted to be able to basically give people a place to come and be like, I think I'm interested in this career, but how do I find out? Like, I don't happen to have the right person in my family who knows what this job is like. And to be able to listen to a story from a real person, a normal person, not a, like a trained CEO who's really good at press releases, but someone who's just like willing to have a chat just like it'd be if you were having a coffee with someone. So that's kind of what I want to emulate for people so that they can listen and get a bit of a sample about whether or not this career is the right thing for them to be investigating or whether there's there's other similar things that maybe they should look into. I want people to be able to see what some of the opportunities are, what some of the challenges are, what some of the skills you need to develop are, all those sorts of things. So that hopefully you can start learning them a little bit earlier instead of having to wait until you're in the career already. Your career can start in high school and I want to help encourage people to do that. The other part of the why is that doing this during the COVID-19 pandemic meant that I got to call up all sorts of interesting people and be like, hey, can we have a chat and let's not talk about the pandemic. We can talk about something else. And just like on a personal note, that's been incredibly rewarding. I've also found like having my own podcast, it's my opportunity to be heard and to say the things that I want to say without being interrupted. And I can't tell you how invaluable that is. So what you'll find is I really try hard not to interrupt the people who are on the podcast. And that's because I want to give them the space to be able to say what they want to say. And finally, the how. So this is if you're listening and you're like, oh my gosh, I want to start my own podcast. You should totally do that. You will find it's a bucket load more work than you thought it was. And actually getting it out to be heard is really, really difficult. But that's okay. 
because, uh, you know, they're not here for the overnight success. I'm very dubious about overnight successes these days. Okay, so how's it done? I am currently recording on a blue snowball, which I was given for Christmas by my brother. Thank you so much to my brother for helping enable this whole podcast and make it happen. That's just connected to a PC, which is running a program called Audacity, which is a free editing program, a free audio editing program. My apologies. I'm also wearing headphones at the same time so that I can hear what the microphone's actually hearing rather than just picking up what my ears are hearing. And I'm recording inside a cardboard box, which has been lined with a whole lot of baffling materials so that you don't get that like horrible echo that sounds like someone's recording on the toilet. Obviously it's not the most professional of setups but I'm currently very limited by space and I don't have the the opportunity to have my own like little recording studio. So I've DIY'd it pretty good. One day I'll share a picture of what this looks like. So that's the hardware. The software is obviously Audacity. I'll link to that in the show description. When I'm recording an interview, I'm using an online service called Zencaster, which means that I can basically call someone just like you would with any online calling tool, but it records each person's audio as two different files so that they can be edited separately, um, which means it's a lot easier to tidy up if there is talking over and not talking over that sort of stuff that can all be tidied out. I don't actually script anything. I'm not a big believer in scripts. I think you sound a bit weird if you're reading directly off the script, unless it's been written by a scriptwriter, which obviously I'm not. I do tend to write down some dot points, a general idea of what I'm going to say. Obviously, these are all stories that I tend to know quite well, so I can just kind of waffle on about them. But yeah, no scripts for me. The interviewees, they all get emailed the questions in advance, so they get time to think about it. I found that means you get a whole lot more sort of like intelligent answers and a lot calmer answers as well when people have had time to think about what they actually want to say you'd be amazed how many people just completely forget what their job is if you don't give them a chance to like to prepare that answer it can be a very confusing question to answer as it turns out by interviewing people I also get to ask them if there's anyone that they think they that they think I should be interviewing and that way my network gets to grow and the podcast gets to grow and that's pretty awesome and great fun it means I get to ask more questions of more awesome people after recording everything I edit it all back in audacity Yes, I could not edit it. The whole thing would be sped up infinitely if I didn't do any editing. But it's really important to me that you as the listener get to hear something nice, that you're not just listening to someone go, um, and then we don't get all those noises that people make. There's a whole lot of clicking noises that people make all the time. Honestly, if I didn't edit it out, it would drive you up the wall. It's the same as if I wasn't recording in this box, which is sort of like softened a little bit. The noise would just, if you're wearing good headphones, you go all the way up the wall. Not a pleasant experience. I want listening to be a pleasant experience that you don't even notice where possible. So editing is by far the slowest part of the whole process. I'm not like a sound engineer. I don't know how to automate that sort of stuff, but it's worth it, I think. From there, the podcasts are squashed down into a little MP3 and they're uploaded to my website where you can listen to it and also where it can then be served out to things like Apple and Spotify. So the website itself, that was created using Gatsby, which... I'd heard a lot about and it was only when I started to play with it I was like oh man this is so much easier than creating my own react boilerplate by myself so if you're not a web developer you can just sort of like zone out over this bit but basically Gatsby is a react extra react framework that means you can spin up react projects really quickly they're very flexible 
projects. And there's a huge ecosystem of plugins and a whole lot of support and tutorials, which is invaluable when you're sitting tinkering home alone. So yeah, built in Gatsby. And then it's been pushed up to AWS Amplify, which just means it's so easy to have a CI/CD pipeline set up. Obviously, like version control is done on GitHub, which is then pushed out to Amplify. And from there, it's built up in Amplify and served out. I have done like the raw stuff in AWS before with like CloudFront and S3 buckets, etc. But it's kind of nice just to be able to be like dump in Amplify and boom, it's up there. It's fantastic. The key Gatsby plugins that I'm using or and React plugins, there's a React H5 audio player that's been added to each of the podcast cards so that you're able to actually listen on the website. I've used the Gatsby plugin podcast RSS feed, which allows the podcast to or allows the website to actually be generating the RSS feed, which means that it can then be served out from AWS straight to Apple, Spotify, whoever else manages to pick it up over time. This means that I'm hosting the entire website and for anyone who hosts themselves on AWS, you know, the costs are kept down massively and that is a win because the purpose of this podcast isn't to make money. So I didn't want to be spending upwards of $40, $50 a month to be maintaining it. I've also got the Gatsby plugin for MailChimp, which gives me ability for you guys to go to my website and sign up for my mailing list. You should do that because it's an awesome mailing list. As it stands, it's an incredibly simple website, but it works. And that's really all I wanted was a website that reliably works and it does. And I can tinker away and add and take bits as I want, but honestly, totally recommend it. At some point I will be writing up a tutorial on how to build your own website, which is hosting its own RSS feed. Cause it's totally doable. You don't need to, yeah, you don't need to look for other options. You can actually host it yourself. Downside is I don't get analytics. Um, yeah, that's a bummer. I don't know how many people actually listen to this, which if I was looking for sponsorship would be a problem. I do have the ability to go through my S3 bucket stats. It'll come out at some point. I'm working on the statistics point, but at the moment I just get a vague idea based on how many people are signing up to my mailing list, how many people are opening those emails. I consider that a lot more reliable than any kind of social media. So you might've seen some of my amazing marketing collateral. They're the little images of each person, the little, little animations, that sort of stuff. They're all created by me, usually whilst listening to something else or watching TV. As you can tell, I'm not really a trained artist, but I, I like to get the gist of something across. Basically, I'm just using uh, the bog standard iPad with an eye pencil and using Procreate. I need it to do, really. I've then been using the new Procreate features to create little animations, which I can then share on social media, hopefully driving engagement, but who really knows with social media. Uh, they've been put together with the audio snippets in iMovie. So very, very straightforward, out of the box kind of software stuff. Honestly, I've, I've jumped over that pretty quickly, but if there's something you'd like to know about the mechanics of the podcast, how stuff works, just shoot me an email, contact me on social media, all those usual things. More than happy to answer any kind of questions about how this is done. I want it to kind of be as open source as possible. The other thing is there's a whole lot of people who have helped make this happen from a moral support perspective. Firstly, we've got David who has provided a huge amount of technical support and helped solve some of the really challenging problems in React. There's Luke who provided the microphone. Thank you so much. That was a massive, massive deal. There are the four people who contributed to my current intro. So Casey, massive high five. Beck, extra massive high five as well to you. And big high five to my parents who volunteered their voices as well. So thank you very, very much for doing 
that. I've also had a huge amount of input about the sound stuff from my cousin Steve, absolute legend. I've got an interview with him coming up soon. And then I've got a couple of fans out there who are sending me messages and saying that it's it's really awesome and keep it up. And honestly, those kind of messages, they really make it worth it because otherwise it just sort of sounds like you're shouting into the void sometimes. So yeah, thank you so much for listening. If you've got questions, please let me know. That was my overall who, what, where, when, why, how. You can, if you're interested, you can read this on the website. I'm going to try and add a couple of little pictures and also add in the links to the key things. And once I've brought up that tutorial on how to build such a website as this one, I'll be including that as well. Anything else, just let me know. And once again, thanks so much for tuning in. It's awesome to have you here. Whoops, one quick thing before you leave. Why is it called Avid Research? It's actually a mildly entertaining story. Back in my early uni days, for some reason, I needed to register a business name or get an ABN or something. I don't know why I wasn't doing it myself. Anyhow, my dad was doing it for me. Dad is a bit of a smarty pants sometimes, and he thought it'd be hilarious if my new business was called aphid research. Aphids being the the teeny tiny bugs that you find on, on roses. Now, I was studying geography at the time. That's a completely irrelevant field. So I don't know how he arrived at this. Presumably he'd been recently looking at some aphids. Now, thankfully there was a spelling mistake when dad was attempting to write this in and instead of aphid, he wrote avid. And since then I've ended up with the name avid research, which honestly is kind of hard to beat. And that's how we're now living with the name Avid Research. Thanks so much for listening. You're awesome. If you like this podcast, you're a little legend and you should check out our website at avidresearch.com.au and sign up to our amazing email newsletter. No spam, only email updates and maybe some exclusive content sometime. Follow us on social media to ask us questions or just to dob in people for interviews. 